It's a Wednesday, and that means we visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. As always, we're brought to you by Stratum Structural Services. See more on their website. It's a very easy, uh, navigated website in terms of any kind of basement issue you may have, cracked basement, walls, that kind of thing. They're able to, with their website, take you, navigate you through that. And also, uh, Rottler Pest Control. We're very happy to add Rottler Pest Control to scoopswithdannymac.com, rottler.com to see more. Let's jump right into it, and we can talk about uh, guys that will be reporting to camp that are not on the 40-man roster, which is minor leaguers, and Keith Law of The Athletic uh, yesterday came out with his Cardinals rankings of individuals and where the Cardinals as a team, as an organization, where they rank in Major League Baseball. Uh, it was some interesting names on that list we're going to get into here momentarily, but generally speaking, Brian, what did you think of his rankings? Well, Keith Law, um, normally, who was formerly with ESPN for a long time, as you said, now with The Athletic, traditionally has been uh, more positive about the Cardinals system than some of the other Raiders baseball, America baseball perspectives. Not, not you know, eons different, but enough different. Uh, this year, he a year ago, he had the Cardinals system number 11 uh, of the 30. This year, he has them at number 13, which is still in the top half. And that's, again, it's better. Baseball America is the only other one that I've seen has come out, and they had the Cardinals at number 18. So the Cardinals are around the middle of the pack of a system uh, across the, the 30. And um, I always am interested in what others have to say about that because, frankly, I only focus on the Cardinal system. So, you know, I couldn't really tell you in detail how they stack up against the Twins. So I like to look at see how these national guys go. But what's more interesting generally to Cardinals fans are their national top 100s and then, of course, their own rankings of Cardinals within the system. And uh, Keith Law, as you said, um, announced – he actually announced 20 players in his top Cardinals list. And I thought his list was uh, very representative. He um, – decided to keep Nolan Gorman on top ahead of Jordan Walker, which is against what some of the other national rankers think. But as you and I have talked about in previous calls, you know, you can't argue that, uh, you know, Nolan Gorman's on the cusp of the major leagues. Jordan Walker hasn't you know, played yet out of class A ball. A year from now, they might be different, but Gordon will be graduated anyway. And then, you know, uh, Matthew Libertor, certainly the top-ranked pitcher in the system. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. He's another guy that we'll see in St. Louis in 2022 at some point. Uh, then Yvonne Herrera, the catcher, who uh, you know should be playing at Memphis this year, but unfortunately is one of those players who is on the 40-man and therefore is locked out. So he will not be, unfortunately, in camp, at least until the major leaguers settle. Then you got Mason Wynn, um, you know, all around uh, shortstop, but also can pitch, um, but still as early in his career like Jordan Walker. Zach Thompson, the left-hander, uh, who is behind Libertor, but certainly still has a place in future major leagues. Juan Yepez, of course, who's a player of the year across the system. So, you know, I don't really have any concern at all about how uh, Keith Law ranked the top uh, half a dozen uh, Cardinals. And the rest of his list is good as well. You know, you can uh, debate about a guy here and there. He he likes Malcolm Nunez, a third baseman, a little better than some others. He's a little bit lower on Michael McGreevy, the Cardinals' first-rounder. But, again, you know, we're talking about uh, Joshua Baez, same thing, the outfielder was the second-rounder. You know, in those case, last two cases, McGreevy and Baez, we're talking about guys who, you know, only played a handful of innings on the backfields in Jupiter. And so this year will be their opportunity to, you know, show what they can do in a full season. Okay, so let's uh, – we, we've talked a lot about, number one, Nolan Gorman, as you mentioned. Two, according to Keith Law, is Jordan Walker. Then it was Matthew Libertor, four, Yvonne Herrera – or three, Yvonne Herrera, four. Then Mason Wynn at five. I, w I want to get into Win. Is he a pitcher or is he a position player? Where do you, where do you think his future is going to take him? Well, he he is such an exceptional athlete. Whatever he does, he would do well, and that's 
that's both his blessing and his curse in a way. He's pitched very, very little as a professional this first season because he was doing so well as a hitter and a fielder. He's an elite shortstop. He has uh, excellent bat speed and a, and a really, really strong arm, of course, as you would expect as a pitcher. Um, and so I think the Cardinals are going to let him play his hand out as a hitter. Uh, maybe they'll keep him pitching a little bit just to make sure that he doesn't leave that totally behind as a fallback. But, I mean, you look at his, his bat speed, his running, uh, you know, he's just a, and his arm, he's just a, a, a guy that looks like he could be an above-average regular shortstop in the major leagues. And, and, you know, like Jordan Walker, he's only played in Class A, he's only played, you know, one season, so the jury's still out. But Mason Wynn's a top-10 guy in the system, and again, on Keith Law's list, the top five, and, you know, I can't really argue with that. Do you think that uh, Otani has changed, and, and we're seeing more about dual position player, pitcher guys, do you think that's change the mindset of some clubs to let them continue to do this in the minor leagues and then hey if one you know graduates before the other then that's what you're going to be yeah it's kind of interesting though of course Otani came to the U.S. as a as a polished player sure he didn't didn't need time in the minor leagues to develop and it's it's a it's a challenge for system for organizations to decide for example uh, Mason Wynn you know if you would have kept Mason Wynn and evaluated him as a shortstop and a pitcher, he probably wouldn't have gotten promoted from Palm Beach to Peoria during the season because he hadn't pitched enough. But they decided based on a shortstop, you move him up. But then all of a sudden now he's got to pitch against a higher level of hitter than he might be ready for. So it's going to be a challenge because on one hand you want to get the guy to the major league as quickly as possible so you can control him you know, as long as you can. But on the other hand, you know, if you're going to let him be a two-way player, that may slow him down. So, you know, we'll see. Last year, as I said, Mason Wynn, I think he only had one outing pitching. Uh, you know, he threw on the side and stuff, but it's not the same as in games. So right now, Mason Wynn is a slash, shortstop slash pitcher, but the, the shortstop is definitely listed first. Okay, I want to go into uh, Zach Thompson. You were at the Arizona Fall League, so you had boots on the ground. And this, I think, gives anybody that has followed Zach Thompson's career with the Cardinals – uh, a cause for hope. Uh, he he showed better control, showed better velocity, and maybe he's turned the corner a little bit. The left-hander uh, out of Kentucky, he was a, a top draft choice a couple of years ago. What do you think about Zach Thompson? Zach Thompson, I had the chance to sit down and talk with him in some detail in the Arizona Fall League, and he's a battler. He's a bulldog type of pitcher. Um, he has good stuff as well, but what we saw from Zach Thompson was uh, the walks were high and the hits were high. And that, of course, you have a lot of base runners. You end up giving up a lot of runs. But he was very uh, practical about it when I talked to him. He admitted, hey, the season didn't go the way that I wanted, but I learned some things about what I need to do better, and I learned some things that I don't want to do. And in the Arizona Fall League, as you said, he really put it together. He had an ERA under two, uh, was selected for the Fall Stars games. The walks were still a little bit high, and I think that's the question, the kind of the last piece that Zach Thompson really needs to get under control. Because we saw the damage that, you know, in the first half of last season at the St. Louis level, you know, the damage can be caused when you have pitchers that aren't, can't consistently throw strikes and, and get guys out. And so the question on Zach Thompson is going to be, is he going to be a back-of-the-rotation guy? And if so, you know, the pecking order is pretty long for that right now. Or could he be a, a, a long reliever, a high-impact guy? And that kind of role might be where he has to break into the major leagues. But if you think about it, I mean, look at where how Carlos Martinez broke in, how Dakota Hudson broke in, how others they you know had the same situation where maybe there wasn't a rotation opening, 
but their skills were such that they were ready to be a major leaguer. So they spend a year in the bullpen, and then you go from there. I think that's what we could see from Zach Thompson, but I think he would be a, a long shot to make the Cardinals out of spring camp. Now, one guy that, um, and you mentioned, this is kind of his chance to really see what he can do, uh, but he does throw strikes, and that's one of the reasons the Cardinals drafted him out of college, and that was Michael McGreevy. So what do you think the uh, the start is for Michael McGreevy of his full season of a professional career beginning this year? Where does he start? It was hard to see. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting question. I think certainly the Cardinals are going to want Michael McGreevy to come to camp and earn a full season spot, whether it's maybe it's low A initially and then he moves up to high A. He pitched in the backfields um, in in uh, the Florida Complex League last year. I saw his first outing, um, and he wasn't really all that dominating. But they only let him pitch an inning at a time, so he really didn't get a chance to, to show his stuff. And he gave up a run, I think, in like eight, seven of his eight outings. They moved him up to Palm Beach at the end of the year. That could be where he starts, but I think they're going to want Michael McGreevy in full season ball to get that full year under him. Again, his, as you said, his claim to fame is his control. He's a guy that uh, just doesn't walk anybody. He throws strikes, and that's the kind of pitcher the Cardinals like to have, right? That keeps his defense active and is a is a guy that um, uh, should be able to move up the system fairly quickly. How about Joshua Baez? I'm excited about this kid because when I saw him come through in St. Louis when he was drafted, uh, let's just say this, uh, Brian. He was not lacking confidence. Yeah, he told me uh, he's expected to be in the major leagues in two to three years when I when I met him down in Florida. And at that point in time, you know, he was batting like 180 or, you know, something. So, yeah, he doesn't like for Converse. Uh, he's, a, he's a kid that, you know, was drafted at 18 years old, uh, came out of a cold weather uh, area, came out of the Boston area, as I recall, um, and played in a prep school. So he didn't see the elite kinds of pitching except in, in showcases. But he has uh, – he's a guy who's basically a, uh, uh, a high-risk, high-reward kind of guy. Lots of power potential, but he swings hard a lot. He um, has the bat speed, not a great runner, but has a great arm. So he's probably going to be a right fielder, he's, although he played center this year. I mean, he's just – Joshua Baez, kind of like Jordan Walker, looks like he's still a young young pup, so to speak, but it looks like he could grow into being the kind of high-risk, high-reward player like Jordan Walker is going to be that, that, that turns out. Uh, it's still early, early for Joshua Baez. And whether the Cardinals – you know, again, will they want to move him to full-season ball right away – in April when it's cold in, in, in uh, well, no, I'm sorry, you know, he would be at Palm Beach. So, you know, chances are Palm Beach would be a place where he could start. And the Cardinals have at times challenged guys like that and then backed them off if they needed to be, if they really, really struggled at the Class A level. But we saw with Jordan Walker, you know, and, and with Mason Wynn both, they hit the ground in their full, full season at Class A and, and played very, very well. So, you know, I would think that would be the, the hope for Baez as well. I've heard you mention many times in our visits, Andre Palante. I haven't asked you all that much about him. So he's a right-handed pitcher. He's 23, big kid, six foot, over 200 pounds. Uh, he was in the draft class of 2019. Um, give me an idea of what uh, this kid brings to the table here in 2022. Yeah, if you look at Andre Palante's photos, he's a guy who, like, his he. He, his arm is almost at the ground, and he throws the ball almost like a catapult over his body. It's a deceptive delivery that the hitters don't see it well, but his fastball is in the in the mid to upper 90s, and he's got a slider and curve as well. Uh, you know, three-pitch guy went down to the Arizona Fall League, and he got the chance to start when uh, Jordan Walker went home. And Palante pitched very, very well. He was an addition to the Fall Stars game as well. And 
again, there are a lot of guys who are fighting to pitch in St. Louis. Palante only got to Memphis late in the year, so he should spend the majority of 2022 in Memphis. But he has a guy who, you know, he's a guy who could com- uh, potentially contribute in the bullpen as well uh, if they decide not to keep him as a starter. And really, the the wealth of the pitching right now is more on the starting side than the relief side. There's a couple of guys that we uh, we talked about that were added to 40 man roster most notably Jake Walsh who also pitched in Arizona but they're you know more of the more of the starters who we've heard or more of the pitchers who we've heard more about are the starters and of course there's not going to be room for everybody in the St. Louis rotation that's right uh, a name that we've talked about a lot over the years is Delvin Perez um, is he at a crossroads in in his career where where is he at when you evaluate Delvin Perez well it's an interesting question to see first of all when the labor impasse is over, will they go back and hold the Major League Rule 5 draft or not? Because if they do, Delvin Perez, as with first baseman Luke and Baker, who hit 28 home runs last season, those guys would be exposed in the Rule 5 draft, and another organization might take a chance on them. On the positive side, Perez finally started to show a little bit of power last year at Springfield. But, I mean, you know, it's four home runs. But he continues to struggle getting on base. And as strong as Delvin Perez is defensively, his offense just hasn't been good enough that he's going to have a long major league career unless he figures it out. And there's a potential that he'll spend at least one more year here in the Cardinals system before he becomes a minor league free agent. But, you know, he's a first-rounder right now that's looking like a pick that, for whatever reason, isn't going to pan out as hoped. Absolutely. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit. And it was, a, I guess, what, a year ago, two years ago, whatever it was, 43 teams uh, essentially eliminated from minor league baseball, and they joined independent baseball. And some of the reports have been that these teams actually felt that this has been beneficial on both the major league side and the teams that were dissolved from an affiliation of a major league team. Yeah, there's there's obviously two sides of every story, and the and the teams, especially the teams that the cities that got to keep teams, are happy. There's a handful of ones that did not who are are in court, but. Um, you know, some of the minor league owners have said, hey, it's freed them from the shackles of being tied to an organization and having to deal with the rules and guidelines they give them. Um, but, you know, we, don't, we can't see their books. So and one of the things that I've been asked about is, well, do, you know, do an evaluation. And these, these draft leagues, these summer leagues that most of these teams were moved to, there haven't been any attendance numbers reported that I've seen where we could compare, for example, you know, what did the state college spikes draw when they were a Cardinals uh, short season class A team versus a, a college draft league. But, you know, it, the most important thing, I think, is to try to keep baseball in these cities, and at least MLB has tried to do that. I don't know over time, you know, based on – I did a long history of the, of the Springfield-Illinois um, situation where Springfield went from a triple-A club down to – basically a college league now, an independent league, and then to a college league. And, you know, the, the fan interest dropped. But you just hope that the young people are, are in, will come out and see baseball in whatever form it's in in their cities. And I think that's going to be important with, with potentially no MLB this spring. You know, maybe folks will go out and rediscover their junior college teams or the high school teams in their area. Hopefully this won't kill their love of the game, fans' love of the game. Isn't that the truth? Uh, all right, I'll wrap it up with this. What are you working on right now at thecardinalnation.com? Well, we're inside the top 10 in the uh, Cardinal Nation's top prospect list. It's been a little slow to roll out this year because, let's face it, the offseason across baseball has been slow. But uh, just uh, unveiled uh, number 10, Lars Newtbar, which is a free article everybody can read uh, all about Lars Newtbar, the pros and the cons. He's a guy we've talked about. You know, His future uh, as a fourth outfielder is pretty clear, but whether there's more in him is, is open to debate. And then number nine, 
uh, is a pitcher, Angel Rondon, who was the pitcher of the year in 2019 in the system but uh, and got a brief cup of coffee with St. Louis, but his role is a little bit unsettled right now. Our series on uh, the history of labor in MLB continues. Uh, we have a we have a wrap up coming on all the players who played in winter ball and uh, much more as we're preparing for minor league spring training camp, which should be about four weeks away. Is uh, minor or is uh, winter ball all done now, Brian? Or are there still some some of the leagues that are out there that are finishing up probably this week? Uh, the Caribbean series, which is where the the, the best teams in the six top leagues Mexico, uh, Colombia, uh, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, et cetera, Puerto Rico, they they played their series and that finished last Sunday. So okay. now all the uh, the winter ball players are done and they've gone back to home for a short breather before they uh, have to hopefully report to camp. All right, my man. It doesn't matter if there's uh, no Major League Baseball. We can still talk every Wednesday. And uh, as always, I appreciate it. Great information. I know the fans love it. And we advise everybody to go to thecardinalnation.com. Thanks, Brian. We'll catch up next week. You got it, Dan.